So welcome, Zach Visco, our first ever second time guest on the podcast of Golden Fitness <laughs> Radio Podcast. How are you? How are you doing, Zach? Today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Will? Fantastic. All right. Good, uh, so good. you want to just start out reminding uh, people just a little bit about your background. Um, obviously, if they want a little bit more in-depth information, they can go and listen to uh, the intro of episode one. But um, want to start out with that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thanks again for having me. Um, so let's see. I originally, after getting out from college, was working in mental health for a while and then wasn't kind of satisfied with how much activity I was doing on a day-to-day basis. So I kind of wanted to get into a profession that was still helping people, um, but also kind of on my feet all day. And so that's what led me into personal training. And long term, I want to become a physical therapist. I'm actually applying to schools currently, mid-application season right now. Uh, So yeah, that's a kind of real quick and dirty update. Nice. Definitely dirty. (laughs) Well, not, but but uh, all right. So sweet. So we'll get into some questions. Um, uh, Kind of a little bit more focused questions. So all kind of in the same area. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're going to talk about um, uh, kind of very average client with no injuries, real movement and, uh, restrictions. Um, what are the basics that you would start them out with? Mm, okay. Good question. So, so let's say I just have a kind of general client coming to me and saying, what types of things do I need to be doing in the gym? Uh, for me, I think it's important to, kind of talk to them first about kind of basic foundational movements that everyone should be doing in their workouts. Uh, I think too often when we get focused on specifically want to target certain muscle groups, uh, I think it's easier if you just think about kind of the overall functional movements we do in life in general. So there's a couple for your lower body, the squat, the deadlift, or the, the hip hinge, the lunge. Those are kind of the three main ones that I think everyone needs to be doing in some sort uh, a form. And then there's for your upper body kind of doing pushing and pulling in both kind of the horizontal movement and vertical. So kind of above you in in front. Uh, and then also doing uh, carries. So oftentimes we'll be carrying objects, um, you know, whether we just went to the grocery store or whatnot. And those are kind of focused on targeting our grip strength and kind of our core. And you could do kind of carries where you load one side or you load both sides as a way to kind of challenge both kind of linear and lateral core too. Yeah, that's, uh, those are all very important. I think some of those yeah. two people tend to neglect often, um, mm-hmm. like carrying stuff is something people don't usually think about as exercise. Um, but, right, uh, right, exactly. Yeah, although if you do a, you know, a heavy carry, you realize immediately uh, how taxing, you know, it's going to be kind of full body. Um, so I definitely like incorporating kind of all those movements and you can also, um, a lot of times too, like I'll get them started on, for example, a squat, I'll make sure they know how to do a squat, but then you can start incorporating single limb movements as well. So doing like a a single leg squat, for example, or a single arm row, just an additional way to kind of work on balance issues if they're having any, or just to increase, uh, you know, their overall balance. And then also, you know, if there are any asymmetries that they have from one side to the other, it's a really nice way to kind of uh, try and help narrow that gap between the, the two sides. Absolutely, absolutely. And the, that single leg unilateral stuff, um, another one people tend to neglect too, just because mm-hmm. people don't even realize sometimes, like if you're walking or if you're standing, a lot of times you're shifting your weight 
from one leg to the other, one hip to the other. Basically, all day, people are on one leg at a time. Um, yeah, exactly. It's very important yeah. to, to build up that uh, independent limb strength. Yeah, I'd argue that most of the movements that we end up doing in life are more um, single limb focused. So kind of the more you can really incorporate that into your workouts, the better. And there's also uh, it's kind of a, an off note. Uh, but if you think about, like I always explain to a client who, let's say you're doing a deadlift, um, and you're lifting 100 pounds from the ground. So that's 50 pounds that you're lifting basically with each hamstring, but 100 pounds for your back. And if you do a single leg deadlift, let's say you only do 50 pounds in a single leg deadlift, that's still 50 pounds for your hamstring, but now it's only 50 pounds for your back. So it could also be a way to kind of really minimize how much load you're putting through certain areas and getting to maximize other areas that you want to target a little bit more. So in general, single limb movements are pretty awesome in my mind. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and that's that's important, too, for reducing the, the forces on joints and things like that. Uh, exactly, yeah. Loading. Um, cool. So then, um, you know, a pretty obvious follow-up question some people would have would be, uh, you know, you talked about these fundamental movements. Um, do... You know, should people be doing the exact same amount of all of those, or you know, how should how should that work? Mm-hmm. Really, really good question. Because um, yeah, they're definitely not all necessarily created equal. Uh, I think it depends a lot on the client's goals. But let's just say that they're looking, um, you know, to be well-rounded, prevent injuries, you know, just kind of sustainable lifting. Uh, in my mind, they really should be prioritizing pulling movements over pushing movements. So really trying to kind of work their backside of their body a little bit more than their front side. I know uh, the backside isn't going to be kind of those glamour muscles that I think a lot of people get motivated to go to the gym to work on. But uh, the analogy I like to use is thinking about uh, firing a cannonball. So if you have a cannon and it's anchored to the ground, you're going to be able to fire that cannonball nice and far. But if that cannon is now anchored to a canoe in the water, you're really not going to be able to fire that cannon very far at all. That force is going to dissipate. Your back is kind of like that anchoring to the ground. It's the stability component of your body. So if you have a really strong backside, you're going to be able to exert really good forces as well, including for your pushing movement. So even someone who comes to me and they're like, I want to really work on my bench press, I'm like, all right, well, let's you know, work on strengthening your back um, as well. So in my mind, uh, doing probably at least twice as much back work as I'm doing kind of for front work, I think is key. Um, And more of that in my mind too should be coming from kind of that horizontal uh, pulling work versus that vertical pulling work too. Uh, So that kind of takes care of it for upper body. And then I also like to prioritize lower body a lot. I think too often we skip leg day, Um, but those are your biggest muscles. Those are really the foundation for your body. I mean, we do pretty much everything on our feet for the most part. Uh, so kind of neglecting that if you don't have a stable base um, and you're too top heavy, that's not also going to be uh, very efficient for your movements as well. So kind of prioritizing legs, at least half of the work I think should be legs, um, and then really prioritizing back. Uh, and lastly, actually, too, just thinking about uh, upper body in general, I also tend to tell people to kind of limit how much vertical pushing they're doing, so kind of like overhead movements. Um, One of the main reasons, I think, is 
think about how frequently you do that movement in life. How often are you taking something heavy and putting it up above your head into anything? I mean, the only time I really think about it is, like, you're on a plane and you're putting it into the overhead compartment. But besides that, like, you're pretty infrequently doing it, and our upper trap tends to be overly activated anyway. So uh, I tend to encourage people also not to do too much overhead work as well. Yeah, those those all make a lot of sense, um, especially on the on the overhead piece because so many people it seem like have um have common shoulder injuries or mm-hmm. uh, problems as well, and um you know limiting that uh, or finding ways around that um is important. Absolutely, yeah, and I think uh, like you were saying in the beginning, we were kind of assuming that uh, an individual was coming in without kind of mobility issues or anything like that. But, yeah, overhead tends to be tough for most individuals as well, especially if you're coming in with any sort of shoulder injury. I I would not be doing kind of anything over the shoulder uh, until really kind of you've made sure that your shoulder is a lot stronger and more stable and other movements first and then kind of slowly start to incorporate maybe some overhead movements. Because it's not to say it's it's not useful. You should. I think if you're a healthy individual not having – um, kind of any injuries or other movement restrictions, be able to do overhead work, but I just don't think you should prioritize that over some of your other bigger lifts that you, you want to be doing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, so then, um, you know, I'm sure if there's some people listening to this and they're saying, you know, oh, that's great, but, like, what about the bicep curls? What about, <laughs> you know, phrases? Like, what do you mean? You know, do I have to only do these core fundamental movements or, um, you know, is there any room for accessory movements as well? Good, good question. Um, I think if you're crunched for time, let's say you can only get to the gym for a very brief period of time and only a couple of times a week, you really want to prioritize those core foundational movements. Um, but that said, if you're, you know, pretty dedicated to the gym, you, you go several times a week. You want to get in some of that accessory work to just emphasize some areas that you want to focus on a little bit more than yes. Uh, I definitely think that there's a time and place for some accessory movements. In general, uh, in terms of how I would program them into my own workouts or uh, a client's workout, I'll either do uh, at the end of the workout, so kind of I prioritize those bigger movements first, those ones that involve kind of more muscle mass, more joints, Um, more load, you name it, all those things that are a little bit more taxing, they come first, uh, and then do those uh, movements at the end, those accessory movements. Um, Or you can also kind of have a recovery day in your uh, programming, so kind of a bunch of heavy days and then a lighter session, which case you can kind of add some of those accessory movements into that day as well. Um, And I think for me, Uh, When it comes to accessory movements, too, I like to prioritize working on stabilizing muscle groups rather than glamour muscle groups again. So, yes, you could definitely do, you know, bicep curls, tricep extensions, you name it, um, if you're really looking to kind of build up your arms. But even better in my mind, if you're looking for longevity, you're looking for healthy joints, you're looking for, um, you know, even kind of looking better, working on kind of some of those stabilizing muscle groups, like your lateral hip muscles, your deep core muscles, your posterior shoulder, um, and kind of prioritizing that or some of the, the glamour muscle groups. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think those are some really good recommendations. Yeah. Um, and actually, cool. 
sorry, I was I was just thinking. Well, sorry to cut you off, but um, another thing uh, I thought of too was when it comes to accessory movements is to make sure that uh, you're not performing kind of the same set and rep scheme that you are for your you know core bigger movements. Um, obviously, you might be able to squat kind of nice and heavy in like a five repetition range, but you shouldn't be doing bicep curls also in a five repetition range. Those are much more um, you know endurance related. Uh, exercises that you're doing, so it should have kind of a higher rep scheme and a lower set scheme, if that makes sense. Right. Yep. I think those are d definitely good recommendations for, for most people uh, in, a, in a pretty typical workout. Good. Good. Cool. Uh, did you have, did you want to add anything on to uh, any of that? Um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Do you have anything else, too, that you were thinking no, I mean, um, you know, I think that that all sounds pretty good. I know, um, yeah, I think like you were saying, if people, you know, really want to get in those extra movements uh, and they want to prioritize these fundamental movement patterns, like you've been talking about, adding in like that extra accessory day or having like a gun shell workout where they just, you know, smash tries or delts or whatever, uh, you know, that's a good idea. Um, but uh yeah, you know, certainly I think changing up the rep range is, is sometimes good too, but definitely what you were saying, um, you know, you want to focus on the focus and not to get uh, too tripped up on the other stuff. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, and then you end up yeah. kind of overloading single joints, and that can be more mm -hmm. problematic. For exactly. Like, I think your, your joints, your body in general is going to be happier kind of doing those bigger movements. Um, and in, in general, it just kind of makes sense. Keep it simple, you know, do those, uh, core movements first, prioritize the things that are a little bit more taxing. And for those of us who are kind of looking to either gain more muscle mass or lose more body fat or gain more strength, you really do need to be doing those big compound lifts. The more muscle mass we're working at any given time, kind of the more adaptation we're getting from that as well. Um, so for all of those, uh, individuals too, that have kind of those goals, um, it's kind of just another reason, maximize those, those core lifts, maximize your time spent there. You're not going to get as much out of those accessory lifts. Um, so I feel like those accessory lifts are kind of just the, the fine tuning element to their workout. Um, you know, kind of just like polishing off something, but really the bulk of it needs to be kind of those, those bigger compound lifts. Um, I think that's really going to give almost everyone uh, help them achieve their goals a little bit better. So, yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, you know people talk about like the eighty twenty rule where you know twenty or eighty percent of the results come from twenty percent of the work. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the time, it's core movements that are going to be that twenty percent um, that get eighty percent of the results. But then you know to get that last extra bit, that's where a lot of these accessory movements come in. Um, and then another framework uh, too is uh, if you look at depending on where your goals are. Let's say you know. You're doing, you know, push-ups push or horizontal pressing or, you know, a squat movement or something like that. Let's say, you know, through working with a trainer or something, uh, you know, you figure out your hamstrings are really underdeveloped. So if you continue to just do the squats and the lunges, um, it might just kind of continue to exacerbate that that uh, difference just because your body's gonna going to default into using what you're better at. So the accessory mm -hmm. movements can be a good time to also correct some of those imbalances um, to say just d hit direct hamstring work if that's really what you need. 
um, or, you know, in, a, in that really isolated movement, whether it's a hamstring curl or, you know, a, some type of Nordic curl variation or leg curl or something. Um, and using the accessory movements as a way to build the primary movements. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're, for whatever reason, your chest is really strong and that's the dominant driver on your push-ups. But like your arms are really weak and you're always missing your last set of push-ups in the top half, then adding some tri- direct tricep work, uh, particularly in that final extension piece, um, can actually build upon your ability to do that main horizontal pressing movement, like a push-up or, or whatever else. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think um, all of these that I was talking about were kind of general recommendations, but you're absolutely right. I think the biggest thing is kind of seeing exactly how your body is and kind of fine-tuning everything to figure out, yeah, what will be best. And you're absolutely right. If you're kind of lacking in a certain movement, doing some additional accessory work to kind of get in just a little bit more focus and emphasis on that area to build it up is key. Um, So I I totally agree kind of with that approach as well. Yeah, definitely. And also, um, in addition, if it's a weak muscle, maybe if if people are just having trouble with um, a particular movement pattern, like in a squat, they're just having a really hard time extending their hips forward, um, then doing some just direct hip extension work, um, whether that's, uh, you know, some type of glued bridge or something like that where you're really... Yeah, or like a hip thrust or... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The specific muscles responsible for creating that, you know, final hip extension, um, that can, you know make it easier and more efficient in for them in the actual main movement. So exactly. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Come, um, any, comes any, back to, uh, oops, sorry. What were you going to say? Nothing. I was going to ask if you wanted to add anything. Oh, I, I was literally just going to say it speaks to the fact that working with kind of a, a professional can be extremely helpful. Someone who can kind of notice those little things that you might be kind of lacking in either in your movement or your stability or your strength, you name it. Um, and kind of help you, pick and choose what specific things are going to kind of take you to the next level. So. Definitely. definitely. That is for sure. And that could be working with a trainer or, you know, like we're putting out this podcast and videos and stuff like that. So um, there's, there's information out there. um, Although, you know, sometimes it is hard to sift through what's good information and what's bad information. Mm -hmm. Um, But certainly what we're putting out, uh, you know, it's our goal to make that all good information for people. But um, Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Thanks again for, yeah. for having me. Uh, this is great. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. So you're all set on that. Do you have time for uh, one more quick little fun question? Yeah, of course. Shoot. All right. All right. So uh, quick hit then. You got one superpower. What's it got to be? <laughs> one superpower. Something. Now you got a superpower. What is it? Honestly, I think my superpower would be to know all languages. I think being able to connect with people and know their language is just uh, the best way to kind of get to know people, get on their side, um, really build a strong relationship. And so, I don't know, whenever people ask that question of like, oh, what ability would you want to have? I think that would be really, really cool. Um, There's so many things out there that would be, but that in my mind would would be awesome just to be able to relate to people that much better. Yeah, that's that's very interesting, um, and I think too, it, and I think what you're getting at too, you can expand even if people you know both speak English. Um, a lot of the times, it's hard to connect with someone or actually like people use the phrase like speaking their language, uh, kind mm-hmm. of closely, where actually being able to re- relate with them on their level 
um, and actually communicate with them because so many times people are, are talking around an issue or talking around something and actually being able to to speak in a way that other people can hear. Um, exactly. It's super important. Alone, yeah, it's know, much... English. Exactly. It's so much more than just the, the words or the, the specific language as well. Um, so that's definitely something that uh, I, was, I was speaking to as, as well. Right, yeah. I mean, I hope, you know, maybe soon we'll have some uh, Google chip that goes in our brain and we can, you know, <laughs> right. translate everything someone else is saying. And, and then as that, we speak, it's translated back in some voice changer or whatever. So. Yeah, that would be cool. But, yeah, you're right because, I, I mean, I grew up taking Italian in school and then, went and studied abroad in Italy and was speaking Italian there. And it became pretty obvious. Like I knew Italian, but I wasn't necessarily good at speaking like an Italian until I had spent several months there. Um, and I think that's more the, the fact that I'm speaking to. To really speak someone's language, you have to understand their culture. You have to understand so much more. And I think, yeah, being on that level uh, where you have that fluency, that would be my, my superpower, you know, so – What's your superhero name? Superhero name? Um, <laughs> language okay. man. No, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, fluency. Fluency. Yeah, fluency man. Zach. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. All right, we got a giant Z on your chest, and, and away we go. Cool. There right, we go. Well, we got a comic book started. <laughs> like oh, it. Yeah. Thanks for getting on the podcast again. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Did you, did you want to put out any contact info again or? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Feel free to, yeah, exactly. Put that up. More than happy to have uh, people kind of contact me and answer any questions that they might have. So let's do that again. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Well,